Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of Teaching Tales, the podcast totally devoted to educators chatting and sharing stories from the world of education stories, hopefully that will inspire and encourage anyone listening. I am Brent Coley, your host. I'm an elementary school principal in beautiful Southern California, Murrieta to be specific. And today joining me is the edu-awesome Anne Cosma. Anne, how you doing? Hey Brent, I'm so excited to be talking with you tonight. Oh, I am thrilled. I've been looking forward to this one. I know we both have been really, really, really busy over <laughs> the last few. So it's been last few months. It's been tough to get our schedules coordinated, but it's summer now. Oh, and all the stars are aligning. The stars are aligned, and, and we're we're now chatting. And, and and before we totally get into it, for anyone who's not familiar with with you and your awesome work, let let listeners know. Let my mom and dad, who who I know <laughs> they're listening. Tell them who is Ann Cosma, what is Ann Cosma do? Cosma oh my gosh, so who is Ann Cosma? Ann Cosma is a passionate, innovative, high energy educator in Southern California. <laughs> um, I am a technology innovation TOSA in the Fullerton School District. Uh, Fullerton is just north of Disneyland, so you have the general area. And um, I was a classroom teacher for 10 years. I taught third grade and first grade, first grade for seven years, um, four of those as a one-to-one -one iOS teacher. We can get into that later, I'm sure. Awesome. Um, but I have just completed three years, and I'm about to be starting my fourth year as a TOSA. Um, so my job is to support teachers and students in the school district with the innovative and instructional use of technology. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And you and I have have a, a connection while we never worked together. I spent the first six years of my career teaching in the Fullerton School District. So you work with people that I used to work with. I know Jason Chong is in yeah. Tosa. So yes. Jason, if you're listening, uh, we go to the same Christmas party. Oh, awesome. yet, that, do you know Yeron Chu? Yes, I do. I totally know her. I used to teach at Sunset Lane with Yeron for for those six years. So, and we That's have so cool. He has been hosting a Christmas party for like the last close to twenty years. Oh my so gosh! That we that I still Matt Stricker, Phil Ling. So oh, Phil's such a great guy. I don't know Matt. Yeah, but Matt's at uh, Parks as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, awesome. PE teacher at Parks. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I know him. Just kidding. There's so many people that it's like. I know your face. Let me make sure I know your name. And now I'm embarrassing myself because I totally know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's they're both <laughs> both outstanding guys. So Phil and Matt, if you're listening, first of all, thanks for listening. Oh yeah. And if you're listening, thanks for listening. And everybody oh. else at Sunset Lane, if anyone is listening, I miss you guys. You guys were awesome. Oh. I love working with you guys. But um, anyway, now everyone else who's listening is like, I don't care about this, Brent. Just have your have that kind of conversation off off the recording. So so let's get. Let's get to it. Before we started recording, we, we were chatting about, well, what kind of stories, because that's what the podcast is about, sharing stories. People like hearing stories. I thought, you know what? I mean, you and I are both huge advocates of mm -hmm. technology and education. And while my role is a, is a site administrator, a principal, I like to support teachers to do that. But that is your role, which yeah. is fantastic. And I just thought you have got to have some great stories yeah. of, of 
if we would term it like game-changing moments, I know last episode with John Carippo, we talked about those aha game-changing yeah. moments in general, but I was thinking, can you share a story or two about a times when you saw technology used in classrooms with students and teachers that just completely blew minds and changed, changed everything? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's one of the things I love so much about my job is I do get to experience those aha moments. Now, now being a TOSA, I experience them more with teachers than I do with students. And, um, you know, we've been out of school for over a month now in Fullerton, but just before the end of this school year, I did have one of those moments with a teacher and it was so special to me. Um, I, I've known this teacher since she herself was in the fifth grade. Oh. So we go way back. And um, she only just got iPad devices in her classroom last spring. So she's had them for one year. And has been a little bit hesitant to integrate with them and, and implement them into her um, teaching. And, and they use them, but she... And I have been talking a lot this spring, and I've been doing some PD um, for the K-2 teachers specifically at her site. And we were talking about classroom management practices. And I said, oh, I, I used to always use this book called The Grouchies um, when talking about classroom management with my students. And she goes, what's that? And I told her about this book. It's a sweet story of a little boy who wakes up one day who has grouchies on his shoulders. And those are little angry gray storm clouds. And if you can imagine, they make him feel grouchy and grumpy and kind of ruin his day from the moment he gets out of bed. And she goes, okay. And I said, well, this book is all about learning self-soothing and coping skills and how can kids chase away the grouchies. And I always used it. Um, with a digital art project using Doodle Buddy in my classroom. And she goes, um, can you come do this in my room? Like, tomorrow? And I said, um, absolutely. Just like music to your ears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yes, I'll rearrange my schedule. I will yeah. be there tomorrow. Um, so what I did, I went in and I, I read the book to the kids. And, of course, we had conversations throughout the stories and um, talked all about, you know, elements throughout the book, but what I did was introduce Doodle Buddy through this story to them. And Doodle Buddy, as you know, is a very simple um, whiteboarding app. Um, it functions like a whiteboard, but it also has elements where you can do digital art and creation with it. So we created our own grouchies using the little glitter paint tool and the kids learn how to navigate and use the workflow of the app to create this art. But the cool thing was is as soon as I introduced the app and I gave them some time to create and the teacher and I just sort of watched the students who were kindergarten students immediately immediately just go for it. They had no inhibitions. They were not afraid to try. They weren't afraid to create. Um, if they messed up, they pushed the back button and started over. So they weren't they weren't afraid of the technology. The beauty, and, the beauty of having kids aren't afraid of breaking it. They're not. No, they're not. <laughs> I think I think sometimes adults are afraid of pushing oh. buttons yeah. and breaking something, but kids aren't. So I said, 
look at what they're doing. They're just going for it. They're not afraid. They're this is normal to them. Um, and so something really unique happened after we gave them some creation time. Um, we did what was called a spontaneous gallery. And this is something that I had learned about from Kathy Hunt. She was, um, Kathy Hunt is an incredible arts educator out of Australia and she was in and she gave the closing keynote at Q16 this year in Palm Springs. And she talked about doing these spontaneous galleries where students put their completed work on display. They put their iPad out and we just made like a grid, like a placed them in a little row, seven by seven, uh -huh. and we made a kumbaya, I call them kumbaya circles. So we stood around all the iPads and created this spontaneous art gallery of all these little digital grouchies that the students had made. Wow. And I looked at the teacher and smiled and I said, do you see that every student right now is mm -hmm. celebrating success? And every student's art is on display is on display and being showcased. And the kids were so proud of, of what they had created and the ownership of their work. And it was just this really sweet moment. So something unique happened beyond that. The kids were like, can I go write about my grouchy? Oh. And I looked at the teacher and I said, isn't that what we want yeah. for a next step? And she looked at me like, I can't believe this is happening. And I just smiled because I've been able to experience moments where it's like all the stars align, everything comes together the way that it should, and you see students take ownership of their work in new and novel ways. And teachers learn, this is a, is a workflow I can totally integrate into my practice. And it wasn't scary, and it wasn't um, so involved that it was hard to manage for her. And so the kids took off and they had their little iPad device. And I said to her, hey, they want to write now. Can we try something new? She said, okay, like we've already been doing something new, yeah. but can we do something? I said, let's have them bring it into Seesaw and add a sentence or two of text and then record the audio. And she looked at me like, what in the world? Seriously? <laughs> and so we went through that step. And within five minutes, the kids were doing this independently. And she looked at me and she said, I didn't really want to use technology before today. Mm. Oh my gosh. And in that moment, I was like, yes. Oh. I just, it was so incredible. And I, I, it's like all the feels, all the goosebumps, all the things, because I saw her pedagogical practice change in that yeah. moment. And I knew that she had just become empowered in a different way to use tech meaningfully and effectively to empower her students' authentic voice in her classroom. And so that to me is like the story that just filled, filled my heart and filled my soul in so many ways. Oh, I just, I got the goosebumps <laughs> tell that story and remind anyone listening, what grade was this? Oh, this was kindergarten. 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 So, because I, I think a lot of times there is a stigma, an erroneous mindset out there that, well, th those are kindergartners. They, yeah. they I mean, because anyone listening, it's like, oh, well, yeah, well, you're talking about sophomores or juniors or something. No, no, no. These are five-year-olds. Yeah. They're five-year-olds. 
so that that we're able <laughs> to do that. And as you're telling that story, I'm thinking because in my role, I mean, you were in there watching this happen. And I would ask, what was the engagement like as the kids were creating this? Oh my gosh. You, okay, first of all, the, the, their faces, the smiles on their faces, the wonder on their faces. Um, I, I look around the room and I actually take time to just myself be still and watch kids in this process. And they're so focused and they're so in dialed into what they're doing and the ownership you know that's the way their face and their countenance is showing i'm into this i'm invested in this i'm mentally focused on this i want to be doing this i'm having fun doing this i'm challenging myself doing this and it's that complete um transformation by letting them be involved that way in their learning rather than a different rote task if you will that's it sounds like the type of thing that i mean there's a big push in my district and what i'm is with rigor relevance and engagement mm -hmm. i mean that that, that that we have to have that and i think oftentimes it, it all starts with engagement yeah. because i mean you, you the story that you just told and and the the activities that those students were allowed to participate in, that would have been the type of thing. I think as a classroom teacher, the best compliment you can get is when the bell rings for recess or oh. lunch and they don't want to leave. Exactly. Or, or, or there's no bell, but it's time for recess and nobody notices. They're not looking at the clock. And I would bet that that's what would have been happening if you were up against a recess or a lunch bell Kids, kids would have stayed if they could have. Yeah, and funny thing, we actually were up against the recess bell, and there were kids that stayed, and, and the teacher went out for duty, and she goes, come on, you guys, I, I have to go. And they're like, but we're not done. We want to do this. And, uh, and I said, guess what? Let's go play. You take a break. Go wiggle. Go do what you got to do. We'll come back, and we can have more time. And they cheered. They cheered because they wanted they wanted to continue the learning that we way. Get, we get to keep working on this. We <laughs> get people, I mean, except they're not viewing it as, as work. We've, you've tricked them, so to right. speak, into, hey, you're having fun. You're learning, right. but it seems like fun. Yeah. What, a, what, an awesome, what an awesome story. Um, did you have another that you wanted to well, share? You know, it's so funny. When you said one or two stories, my mind immediately goes, well, I picked that one out, obviously. Um, because it's it's new and it's recent, but now that I'm on the spot and needing to pinpoint one of them, oh my gosh, my mind is like a jumbled <laughs> a jumbled mess right now. Um, I'll I'll share a green screen story. I, I loved a green screen with students. You are the queen of green screen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I've done a lot of green screen PD in the last two years, and I absolutely love the Do Ink green screen app. I just think it's fantastic. It's so user-friendly, but it empowers students to have the world at their fingertips in terms of creativity. And um, I was working with a fourth grade teacher in his classroom, and he goes, what's this green? I, you see, I see you post about green screen stuff all the time. And so... Yeah, tell, tell anyone, t tell my mom or dad, if they're not okay. familiar with what, what is... 
I know what you're talking about, but yeah. some, what is green screening? So green screen technology basically is using, it's utilizing um, chroma key or a monochromatic background. Typically it's green or blue, which allows you to substitute the background of a photo or a video behind you. Um, I like to use Harry Potter as the example, like when they're fighting the dragon in the Goblet of Fire, Harry Potter really isn't fighting a dragon. Wait, whoa, whoa, what? what? I know. Oh my gosh, I just I totally spilled the beans. I totally <laughs> spilled the beans. Um, it's the magic of green screen technology and other computer programs, but weather forecasters. Yeah, that's that's like a common thing that yes, got the weather map behind them. There's not really a map behind them. Yeah, it's just this green screen that allows you to manipulate the background. Yeah. Um. So we started talking about how we could virtually take ourselves to all of the missions in California and do this epic road trip using green screen technology. And watching him go through the process, he sat in the desks with his students and learned with them and tried with them. And you just kept seeing the smile spread bigger and bigger and bigger on his face where he's like, oh my gosh, I get it oh my gosh, I could do this with anything. Mm -hmm. And I love to then say to teachers, imagine, put the kid inside their own math problem, right? Why can't you have your equation as the background of a problem? It doesn't have to be just the static picture. What about if you go into your own artwork and you talk about mm -hmm. the techniques or the artists that inspired you? There's there's endless possibilities and potential with green screen. Um, and so just watching him go from not knowing what it was to participating in the lesson like a student to being able to go hands-on because when I, when I go into classrooms, I love to bring in the element of play. And so in green screen, I always say, well, I'll do a green screen playground in your classroom, but really we're gonna teach the tool and then give students the, the freedom and flexibility to just play. Go for it, yeah. And what they create when there's no structure blows my mind. It's, I mean, it could be anything from dancing in front of laser cat videos um, to one little boy who did this incredible post where he was on the rings of Saturn and wrote a poem about space. And I was just, I'm blown away by, by what they do. Um, but that's another fun story. Just watching teachers' faces, how they change when, when you're working with them and something is clicking or resonating where they're like, I can totally use this and I can tell you five different ways I want to do it. Yeah. See, that's, and I think it's important because like you, you mentioned, you've mentioned uh, the doodle, doodle buddy. Is that what it was? Yeah. The doodle buddy app and, and seesaw and, and the do ink app and things like that. Corey Orlando. I don't know if you know Corey. I know Corey. She's awesome. She is. And she just wrote a good blog post about one of the, about celebrating people moving from point A to point B. Yeah. So Corey, if you're listening, great blog post, by the way. <laughs> Hi, but, Corey. Yeah. But I think that's so important that for anyone listening, if you're thinking, whoa, 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 I need to, I need to start a little s smaller, a little look. I mean, you don't have to create your own podcast. Yeah. You could. I sure. did when I was in the classroom and it had huge benefits for my students. But what I see like in my site, for example, some of my first grade teachers just started using ones who don't have a, a huge 
wealth of experience with using technology in a classroom, just using with a single iPad, because yeah. we're not a one-to-one -one school and a one-to-one -one district, just a single iPad and the Adobe Spark. Oh app. my gosh, game changer. It, just, just seeing that and seeing number one, the students being able to create something, not just consume content, but create content. Yeah, yeah. But then seeing the teachers, like you just said, seeing in their eyes like, ooh, this went well. Next year, I'm going to try it with X, Y, yeah. and or Z and see how that goes. So, and, and while that may be, it might, it's one, hey, point A to point B, we need to celebrate that because everybody's starting at a different place. And, and that's fantastic. Everyone start, every journey starts with a single step. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and so you, you just said celebrate that success. And one thing that I think we do really well in Fullerton and we do it in all of our PD, you know, with teachers, we celebrate success. But I find myself, um, <laughs> I literally will run around a room and high five kids and I call it a victory lap. So I'll, I'll take off on this victory, victory lap when, when somebody shares something or does something really cool or they have this epic win moment. But that's why I loved that spontaneous gallery that I saw Kathy Hunt talk about. It was so simple. You place the devices in a grid, on a table, on the floor, wherever, and stand around it. And everybody has a front row view, and everybody's work is on display, and everybody's being recognized. And I find myself um, doing it with teachers now, too, where it's like, hey, if you're trying something new for the first time, let's, let's it, yeah, it might not be your most epic work ever. You might think, oh, it's just the big, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but let's celebrate that because that is a success to be recognized. You tried something new, you stepped out of your comfort zone yep. and we can all imagine that little graphic in our mind right now, what happens out of your comfort zone. It's where the magic, where the magic happens. Yep. It, absolutely. Um, and I love that you bring up Corey Orlando. I got to meet Corey at QBold this year, and I know she did a podcast with you. I listened to it, and I bought that book, Daring Greatly, by Brene Brown, based on your guys' conversation in the podcast that she had. Yeah. So your podcast is reaching community and making a great impact. Awesome. Um, but I think of folks like Susan Stewart and the K2 Can2 movement and Christine Pinto with Gay for Littles. And there is this movement of primary teachers and innovation happening in primary classrooms. And when people say, well, they're too little. No, they're not. Yeah. I, I beg to differ. And I'll say, no, they're not. And I, I can speak from personal experience. I started a one-to-one -one program in 2010 with iPod Touch devices. And I had, I, my students were using Erasmus and augmented reality in 2013 with math projects. And it's like, hang on. I, my, my big thing is I want to empower my students' authentic voice for an authentic audience. And littles absolutely can. And if we empower our young scholars and teach them how to effectively use technology, they can do anything. Yeah. No. Uh, well, as, as you think of all the parents out there whose kids are playing with mom or dad's phone at a restaurant or something, yeah. these, these ki kids, it, it's, 
they know how to use an iPhone yeah. at, at, at the, what, the age of two? Or, yeah. or if, younger. Or, or younger because, they're, like we said earlier, they're not afraid to do that. And if you, if you just give them the opportunity, they'll do that. And I just, I kind of want to go back and I just want to, again, recognize and celebrate my first grade team. I mean, Katie, Suzanne, oh. Karen, Donna, Danny, Cindy, you guys using that and Suzanne, thank you for your leadership and, and kind of helping your team do that because it, it made a huge, huge impact. And again, those are six-year-olds. That's awesome. Six and seven-year-olds in first grade were able to do that. And before, before we end, I just wanted to, because we've talked about like kindergarten and first grade um, and it would be very, I mean, I have, I could, I could spotlight so many of my teachers at my school, but, but I've got a fifth grade team. I mean, my fifth grade team is off the charts, Donnie, Natalie, um, Casey, and Jennifer. I mean, oh my gosh, they are so great. My whole staff is amazing, but Natalie, one of my fifth grade teachers, Natalie Marcus. So if you're listening, Natalie, I know you've listened before. And if you're listening again, you're being rewarded with a shout out in episode 20. Natalie, this was her first year at our school teaching fifth grade. And what Natalie does with her students, and again, we're not a one-to-one -one school. So we got some Chromebooks later in the year, but for most of the year, she had a single iPad. We have desktop computers that the kids okay. work on, but in terms of mobile devices, we are not. Okay. At the, at the front of the line. We're, we're, we're trying to, to catch up for that. Um, but she's doing things like when they study the colonies. Yes, they're learning about the regions, but she's got her kids. I'm walking by her classroom and I see kids outside on the picnic bench, right outside her classroom, recording, basically asking, what if colonists had TV and could make commercials promoting their region? That's awesome. She's got her kids in small groups and they're, they're learning about the regions, but rather than filling out a worksheet, they're making commercials like tour, like trying to, hey, come to the Southern Colonies. Here's what we have to offer type thing. That's awesome. Or I saw them, I'm walking by again and I see kids and it's like, hey, what you guys working on? They were learning about conjunctions, okay. prepositions, and interjections. Now, I'm a grammar geek. <laughs> but I also recognize as a former fifth grade teacher that most of my students are not. Oh, great. yeah. Yeah. And giving them worksheets or something like that. But she's got her kids, they're making movies, trying to like convince the world that prepositions are the best piece of grammar or conjunctions are the best. And talk about engagement off the charts about conjunctions prepositions and interjections things that typically when they go home kids say, oh what'd you learn in school today mom or dad asks we learned about conjunctions interjections. <laughs> those are probably not high on the list of what kids it's important again i'm a i i see the value and i'm, I'm a grammar geek but not one of the most exciting things natalie made it exciting for her kids so for anyone listening well I, we're not one-to-one -one. neither are we yeah. On iPad, kids working in groups, and when they were ready to record, they went right outside, door open right there. So she's seen what they're recording right there with one iPad. And I'll, I'll close. She has a social media intern where they have a class Instagram account. 
And every week, one of her fifth graders is the social media intern. And it's that student's job with the iPad to document what is being learned in the class that week. And she still manages the accounts, but the kids take the pictures and write the posts and she approves it and does the actual posting. But one of the greatest tweets that I saw from Natalie this past year was she, she quoted, she, she put some pictures of some of her students' work with a quote from her social media intern that said, who thinks their work is worthy of me posting? Huh. That's what the intern is asking. All right, guys, who wow. wants me to post their work? on our class Instagram account, whose work is worthy of me posting. Wow. And the kids are like clamoring, me, me, me. They want their yeah. work. It always goes back to that, that line by, by Rushton Hurley. If students are sharing their work with the world, they want it to be good. Yeah. If they're just sharing it with the teacher, good. they want it to be good enough. Yep. Yeah. And, and this is going on Instagram. This is go, the world's going to, and she's got several hundred followers on her Instagram account. So the kids know, wow, people are going to see this. So I want to make sure my work is good, not just good enough. So, I mean, that's on a smaller scale with, again, with a single iPad, whether it was Adobe Spark or kids creating movies and iMovie or something like that it has such a profound effect on the engagement level of students. Absolutely. And I love, I love that. I was sitting here writing notes. Natalie Marcus, I haven't met you yet. I hope to. I will absolutely make sure to find her on social and get connected. But I'm writing little notes to myself. Grammar propaganda videos, social media intern, like all <laughs> these brilliant ideas. And I'm just like all the feels right now because – you just proved one device can be transformative. Mm -hmm. And I just, it, I, I love my job as a TOSA. And I, I'm so lucky that I get to go in to classrooms and help teachers explore technology. And, and that story you just shared about her, it just, it's like those, those are those moments that other people see and and maybe perhaps other teachers on your campus or other teachers in your district or anybody following any of those social accounts will see hey I can use the device I have in a meaningful and effective way to totally transform teaching and learning and empower my scholars voice because it's not just the four walls of my classroom. There's a whole world potentially that could be our audience. Amen. Amen. Yeah. What a great, well, that's a great point <laughs> to put a, ex, I was going to say a period on this sentence, but it's not a period. Exclamation point on this sentence. Speaking of great, <laughs> exclamation point on that sentence. And this, what a great conversation. Thank you so much for oh. taking the time. You are so welcome, Brent. I'm so glad that we were able to get this scheduled and that it happened. I love that we have the connection from Fullerton. My mom just retired from Sunset Lane. And oh. I, yeah, yeah. So I love that. I love that there is a bookend to how you first came into my PLN. It was a Fullerton connection. Oh, that is, that is awesome. Well, thank you. And anyone who's listening, and where can they find you on the Twitters and everywhere else? All right, on the Twitters and everywhere else, on Insta, on Snapchat, um, all of my social is the same. It's under Ann Cosma 723 
Um, and I love to share. I really do believe that we're better together. And uh, yeah, I'd love to get connected and start some great conversations. Uh, yeah, and you share for anyone, if you're not following Anne, you got to follow Anne because she shares some good stuff. And if you're ever at a, a local conference or anything like that, and Anne is there, check check her out. And I will see you, Anne, at San Gabriel Valley Q. <laughs> I know, I'm so excited. Yes, I mean, anyone listening, Anne will be the keynote. She, she's not going to tell you, but I'll tell you. She's keynoting the San Gabriel Valley Q Innovation Celebration. So I will definitely be tuning in and watching you there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Totally appreciate it. And thank you again. You are awesome. Totally appreciate you taking the time to share. Of course, and, of course. Uh, yeah, and listeners, if you if you haven't yet subscribed, remember we're on iTunes and Google Play, or you can find uh, the podcast, all 25 episodes on brentcoley.com slash podcast. All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, have a good one.